So, hello everybody. Welcome back to episode five, part two of Woke Apocalypse. So, before we get into it, want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we apologize if this is even a little bit awkward because you know we're awkward people, and that's just how the ball rolls for us. It'd be like that sometimes. It it it, <laughs> it really, really do be like that sometimes. <laughs> um, so, if it sounds a little choppy or a little weird, it's because we. Um, we had a little bit of issues in our last recording, so we have to re-record the beginning part of our episode, and they're like a week apart, or more than a week apart. So, um... Don't judge us. Don't judge us. Uh, we're we're just trying to do our best for y'all, and we thought it'd be best to be transparent and not be awkward about it, so yes. here we are. Keeping um, it real for the real topic. I don't know if that makes exactly. sense. I hope it did. It, it makes sense to yes, us. natural. Um, so housekeeping, we want to give a huge shout out to the computer science club for always supporting our podcast and, you know, always listening to our episodes and like, um, we want to let you guys know that we got your message about, um, the fee ASI fee referendum, the yes on 10. And instead of like giving our two cents, because we're not as educated as we can be, um, we're going to get more information for you guys and, the next episode is when we're going to have more information. I just talked without taking a breath, and now I feel like I'm going to pass out. Um, <laughs> breathe, girl, breathe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so uh, Kat is still not here because, you know, we had to do things last minute. Um, this re-recording was, like, last minute. So, Kat, we still miss you. Queen, I haven't seen you in forever. I know, right? Um what else oh um so this part two we're still going to be discussing topics of white supremacy so the two things we're going to be discussing is housing discrimination and the and media portrayal of people of color so now for the check-in okay i will start uh i am feeling good spring break was too short just in my opinion coming back from it and i mean i think a lot of it has to do because i was just doing so much on break so it didn't feel like a break you know like yeah. you know so to do stuff and work and projects and all that great stuff but Everything. it's all good it's all good um I, I don't know it's just nice to come back kind of refreshed yeah well you're refreshed i'm still drained <laughs> <laughs> i'm still in spring break mode guys i, I want to go back uh, like she said it was too short um i guess i'm ready to be back though you know gotta get the ball rolling sooner or later and might as well do it now <laughs> Um, so, uh, this part two, yeah, like Georgina said, it's going to be a little, you know, here and there awkwardness, but we'll make it work. And yeah. So how, how you been, Georgie? Um, you know, I've been big chilling. I'm just kidding. I'm never chill. I'm always stressed, always near tears. Uh, <laughs> that's just <laughs> part of my personality, bros. <laughs> um, so I think I've been pretty good. I got to go to, um... I got to go to Southern California with a few of my, a couple of my coworkers and we were visiting different campuses and I felt it was like really therapeutic. Um, I know it was a work trip, but I really felt like I, I was able to connect with them on a level that I had never done so before. And I just felt like, I just felt like we built like a better relationship and well, that was oversharing. Um, I'll see a therapist next time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this um, is our therapy. Uh, but yeah, like a uh, spring break was was very interesting. I got to spend a lot of time with my family. 
got to spend time with some friends. I got to see my boyfriend. It was it was all it was all good. Yes, yes. Nice. Very fun stuff. So um, before we get into the new stuff, we wanted to cover a couple um, topics that we missed in our part one. Um, we wanted to talk about um, the uh, we talked about institutional racism and, and, and education and the education system, and we wanted to cover affirmative action. So um, from my learnings and understandings and everything that I've been taught in my ethnic studies classes is that affirmative action is just here to help level out the playing field for people of color. It's to help help them, give them an opportunity to, uh, to at least be in a place that wasn't built for them. Like, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. higher education systems, yeah. um, the corporate world, like all these other institutions it's it's giving them an opportunity to become competitive um so something that we had found i think it was an instagram post uh, on the instagram story that woke apocalypse posted last week it was saying that like um i forgot so like uh that white people like don't need affirmative action because they like U.S. history is oh, white people like affirmative action. Yeah. Like it's it just kind of shows that like their affirmative they built their affirmative action like they built these systems to benefit them. Yeah, I think are you talking about the how um, learning about the U.S. history is required, but like you know stuff that that's like more ethnic studies about other it's an elective. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It covers that. Just want to make sure that too. <laughs> it's a different post, but I, I got know it. the one you're talking about. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. But, um, but yeah, it just goes to show that like, um, affirmative action has been under attack since it's like establishment. And I just think it's really important to acknowledge that it's really beneficial. Like we, we, we live in a, in a system that, really has pushed people of color down and the fact that they're still trying to like attack and remove something that kind of gave them like gave them an opportunity gave them a shot to survive in this world like it sucks you know it's really it's really like I don't know how to say it like it's it's kind of like pathetic if you think about it that people are still trying to like um dismantle the efforts of others to help people of color yeah i think um especially because you know in class how our professor is saying (laughs) shared a story how um they traveled with a uh, they had a they traveled with a friend who you know was light-skinned you know pretty i'm assuming blonde hair yeah blonde hair you know and they went to latin america latin america and um uh, you know our professor said that uh he's he saw the the difference that they were treated because like you know they thought they were married and you know they're just just the way the, the different treatment you know mm-hmm. and if it, if it wasn't for her looks if, or if she she looked like um you know if she had maybe darker skin or, or shorter okay. you know all this stuff um they probably would have would have been they would the treatment would have been different you know mm-hmm. would have been like Instead of getting the, oh, you're so lucky to be with her compliments and be like, oh, I feel sorry for you. But, you know, like, yeah. what I mean? Um, so I feel like that. 
Oh, that shit hurt it. Oh. <laughs> that shit it. Like, I'm gonna can- cry. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel so upset right now. Honestly, so that word made me like, bro. <laughs> like, Thanks, bro. Um, no, but like, I feel like that could be tied in with affirmative action because um, she, in her point of view, because the trip was so great, she was just like, oh, the world is perfect. It's amazing. And then her professor, norm. yeah, but her professor saw it as like, no, it's good for you because, you know, you look like this. You fit the standards. This world ain't shit. Yeah. Like, this world ain't shit. So that could, that could be an example of affirmative action, correct? Yeah. I mean, it, in, it could be like a, meta, a metaphor mm-hmm. for it, mm-hmm. an analogy. I this one of, one, you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay, oh my god! Oh my god! I whispered again. Oh my god! I said I wasn't gonna whisper anymore. I'm so she sorry. Um, honestly, ever since you guys talked about my voice, I felt really uncomfortable. Okay. Oh my, we um, love your voice. We love your guys, voice. guys, you gotta hit us up. Tell George she um, voice. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I think uh, I think it could be a metaphor. I think it. I think metaphor is the word. Yeah, I, think I know so we're focus we're focusing on the wrong part, but I, I it, it was gonna bother us one way or another. So, so I'm going to establish it. <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna declare it declare a metaphor. It. Okay, uh, yes. it's a good metaphor for it. Um, all right. So continuing the discussion of like institutionalized uh, racism in the education system. Uh, you see it a lot in like uh, disciplinary actions. You see it a lot in um, in the treatment of students differently. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, somebody had mentioned an example of like two students doing the same like um, I was gonna say crime, but that's harsh. <laughs> doing the same like bad thing or whatever, and um, it, it's often known noted that like race is sometimes mentioned unnecessarily mm-hmm. like it, it, it could have been said that like two students uh broke into this classroom but like sometimes it, it's it's mentioned that it's like they divide them they divide them it's like oh like one of these students like uh like this black student broke into this classroom like sometimes race is added to to further like racism to, yeah to further reason to further like demonize <laughs> yeah. people and mm-hmm. to further like like give like negative connotations mm. to that you know and so i don't know if i'm making sense i think i'm making sense i think it makes sense, sense. it makes sense <laughs> in this up in here about, yeah. uh so and the good old noggin <laughs> the good old noggin whatever's left of her um <laughs> so it, it, it's examples like that and so it's it, it, it starts creating this divide between like white students and students yeah. of color so you you start seeing that um, like white students it's like okay like he made a mistake it's redeemable but it's like black students it's like you're a trouble child this is your label from now to forever yes and so um that kind of leads us into the school to prison pipeline mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so uh with the school to prison pipeline uh, like it's kind of, you know, self-explanatory. Like, it, it puts students in a position where it's, like, they aren't given the same support, the same opportunities, the same whatever it is that they need to advance, um, to advance the same as, like, white children. And um, I remember I learning this in my Chicano Latino experience class. They talked about um, the L.A. walkouts, and they mm-hmm. talked about how, like... Um, Latinx students were being separated and taken to different schools to, um, like, just to segregate, like, to segregate, and it, it was, like, 
it became complicated because like you could just see that like these Latinx students were being forced into like like hey you should you should do more of the blue collar labor like do more of like the like whatever it may be like welding or like wood shop auto shop whatever it may be you know and so like it pushes these students into these um I hope you didn't hear that. That was a chair, I promise you. It pushes, like, students... Uh, I should have used that other chair. It pushes students into, like, um, in, towards, like, blue-collar jobs. And it doesn't it doesn't give them the same opportunities yeah. as, like, these white children. They're like, you should go here. You should take AP courses. You should do this. You should do that. And, um, again, like, students are treated a lot harsher than like white students because it's like any little thing it's like get out of the class go to the office go mm-hmm. to in like in school mm-hmm. suspension or like you're suspended or whatever the punishment would be like it, it's 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 normally a lot harsher than like a white student's punishment would be and it's normally like for similar or the same like action you know yeah yeah I talked in circles and I think I made sense yeah I think so I think like what I'm getting what i was getting out of it was just like um how you know students of color and white students like when they do something that disrupts class time there's Mm -hmm. different ways that teachers can um you know like if it's a white student you know they'll give them like maybe three warnings or you know this and that and students of color probably barely get one you know what i mean like it's like all right just you know get out of here but if it's a white student it's like hey like this is your first warning, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I think it also ties in with what um, our professor was saying, too, of how, um, like, you know, the colonizer and like the colonized, like the um, students who are pushed towards students of color who are pushed towards, like, you know, like these classes that are more like vocational, you know, yeah. and then it, it just reaffirms the idea of like, oh, um, people of color are being used for their labor, yes. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and it goes back to the whole like the hierarchy of like who these students who these white students who have the privilege of taking these AP courses or these STEM classes or you know these like better classes to get like better careers. It just stems from the whole like you know institutional racism and um, yeah, you know racism within like schools because these you know students of color again are getting pushed towards like welding and like auto shop and then like again white students are getting pushed towards like these AP courses and that's already like showing the divide and like where their careers are gonna like end up so it um it just again it shows that divide uh, and you don't really notice it until you know it gets brought up and it's like oh wow like I didn't realize that all my classes are more vocational than you know than you know AP calc and yeah AP chem and all these other courses yeah and I think like going back to how our professor said like about the whole um colonizers and the colonized like they the colonizers need those who are colonized to do like the harder work and stuff you know Mm -hmm. because like they're not going to do it or they don't want to do it Mm -hmm. you know but it's like well i have this person you know and i have this position i'm gonna you know that's like i feel like that's when the whole like uh using your the power you have in your position kind of comes into effect but also what i'm going to share proud and anti moments for me um what makes her um, my niece she is going into high school and she's doing all ap classes aside from her elective and it makes me so proud because like i feel like she's when she's like one of those that are breaking the norm because mm-hmm. she's she's uh she has you know she's darker skin and like she's she, <laughs> she's really sensitive about her skin color you know um but i think that that's why it makes me so happy though because it's like oh my god like 
she could be an example for you know other for her siblings or you know other like uh, um other students like she tutors her friends on the phone you oh, know really? on the math, math homework and stuff and I, like for me like going back to how like you know um the white students get pushed into taking like more AP classes you know mm-hmm. and students of color you know like welding or you know like non AP classes like it makes me happy to know that my niece who is a student of color is not <laughs> is not um is not fa- f- is bringing that you know yeah. like she she's doing the ap stuff yeah. and she's so smart <laughs> sorry <laughs> i had to share that no, these are bragging rights definitely share <laughs> yes <that. laughs> these kids these kids need to know that they can do more than just like you know hands-on work they, mm-hmm. they need to know that they are able to you know take on these harder courses without being seen as as less than you know? yes because again if you see yourself being represented in like these classes and these um, you know, histories, then of course you're going to do better. You know, if you're only seeing like, you know, images of like Europeans and the whole like Eurocentric um, learning environment, you know, you're not going to want to um, continue. That's how like the whole pri- like prison school pipeline work, you know, like factors in like everybody, you know, our, our school, to prison. School, school to prison. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I'm tired. Um, but you, yeah. you do, but you're also right. Like prisons also like help you go to school. So there is, Prison to school pipeline. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so now the school to prison pipeline. Excuse me. Um, you know that's how a lot of kids end up dropping out, and they end up you know turning to like crimes, and then it feeds into the whole like you mm-hmm. know, oh like you're less than, and like this is why we shouldn't trust you, and da 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 da, and it's just like no, like that's not that's not how it is. It's just you know we're we're taught that like oh well if you do this a certain way then you're this you know or if yeah. you do this then you're this. Mm-hmm. It's very this or that, and you know being able to like push those boundaries, push those boundaries and like, you know, like what, what, um, kid I was saying about her, 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 not her aunt, she has the aunt. My oh, niece. Her niece. <laughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, is like in these AP courses, like that's awesome, you know, like yeah. these kids are out here doing like better things than just like, not saying that, you know, we, we need people who, who fix cars <laughs> and stuff, but like yeah. that's not all that they're there to do, you know, yeah. there's, you can do other stuff, become, become the next like, scientist or become the next like astronaut you know like yeah. there's better options and better jobs out there than just you know yeah welding or, oh, or whatever. oh i was gonna say i was like i have another proud auntie moment i have another niece who's like part of the steam program it's it's not stem it's steam because there's an a i thought it was mis- misspelled i was like trying to tell my sister like you misspelled it it's stem and she's <laughs> like no it's steam like legit steam and her and her uh, friend they did a uh, science project about coffee staining your teeth and it got selected and it was at the it was like being displayed at uh, UC Merced and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's what made me so happy. Sorry, another proud auntie moment. <laughs> they, uh, for sure. That's why I'm like, heck yeah. Like, I think that's why for me, seeing how my nieces, you know, like they spend most of the majority of time with me. Um, I, for me, like for sure, making a big example, like, you know, going to school, you know, getting my degree, you know, doing this, 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 just to show that they could do it too. Um, but, yeah, and then also, um, and I think that's why, you know, ab- about what we're talking about, it is important to have, like, that diver- diversity in the in the teacher aspect, too. You know, like, it's really important because, what was my professor was saying, like, t- um, teachers, uh, white teachers, you know, like, they, they get awkward when <laughs> they have to deal with, like, what like students of color students of color but like not like one student bits when it's like a majority of them and that's why it's important you know especially here on this campus because what he said 70 percent students here are students of color and you look at the faculty and it's like where's 
there's no it's not you balanced. Can't, you can't yeah. relate to the experiences yes. and it, like a lot of this stuff like I feel like a lot of this stuff it, it can it can be fixed if you have somebody looking from the outside in mm-hmm. because I remember my senior year of high school I worked at a daycare and like here's the thing with me I, I have I have this thing where like I get jobs and I work at them for a day and then I'm like, <laughs> toodaloo. <laughs> so I worked at this daycare for once and um, <laughs> let's say she volunteered. Like, basically, um, <laughs> no, sis paid me under the table. She oh. paid me real good. Oh, but <laughs> dipping on them. Honestly, honestly, sorry, honestly? ma'am. Sorry, I not respect sorry. Respect you. <laughs> if you hear this, I'm so sorry. Yes, <laughs> I doubt she will. I don't even remember her name. But anyway, this is besides the point. This was like four years ago. We're getting really off topic. Um, So like, uh, yeah. So sometimes I feel like you just need like perspective, like looking from like the outside Mm -hmm. in. Because I remember it was my first, like my only day at this daycare. And I was like outside with the kids as they were playing. And like this one kid, I remember she told me from like beginning, as soon as I got, as soon as I was going to go out there to like be with the kids, she was like, oh, watch out for Whatever his name was, I don't know. Little Tom. Um, yeah, yeah, little. Oh my gosh, it's gonna bother me that I don't know his name. But it was like a really Hispanic name, so like we know it was like a Mexican boy. <laughs> so not. Because I was gonna say Tommy, and I was like, no, 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 no. Um, Tomas. Tomas. Tomas, little Tomas. Yes. Um, <laughs> I loved that kid. I remember him, and I loved him so much. And he broke my heart because I remember the first thing she told me, she's like, be careful with him. He's like, he's one of my, he's like my troubled kid. Like he's always getting in trouble. He doesn't know how to act. Like she's being like, she was shitting on this kid. I was like, bro. And so I go out there and like, I'm watching him and I'm like, not paying, like I'm paying more attention to him than I am like other kids. And I'm like, hey, be careful. Like, hey, you, like, hey, Tomas, like whatever. Mm -hmm. His name for only not Tomas, but whatever. And I was like, hey, like, and I was like, oh my God, like. I'm, like, micromanaging this child. It's only because she told me to. And I was, like, he hasn't really done anything that the other kids haven't been doing, too. You know, it's, like, he's being normal. And, like, I was, like, focusing on this kid. And it's, like, why? Like, he's not doing anything wrong. He's not doing anything weird. Like, he he he's just trying to play. Like, let him play. And so, like, I was just letting him play. And then at one point, like, he he came over to me and, like, we were talking and and he broke my heart because I remember him saying he's like, yeah, like, um, I'm sure Miss, whatever her name was, like, I'm sure Miss, whatever, like, told you to, like, keep an eye on me. She's And he's like, because I always get in trouble. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I was like, why do you always get in trouble? He was like, because I don't be, I'm like, I'm not good or something like that. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like. And it was, like, that moment that I'm, like, holy shit, like, this is why kids have... The, and I had just learned about the school-to-prison pipeline, too, so I'm, like, this is why kids have these problems. Like, from jump, they're labeled as bad, and so it's, like, that self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. They start acting in the way that they're seen, you know, because they're never going to be seen as anything other than that. They're, like, mine as well. Yeah, and I remember having, like, this really long talk with him, and I was, like, look, like you're little like you're having fun you're learning about right and wrong you're learning about all these things that are going to help you grow like yeah maybe you don't listen as much as you should and maybe you should like work on that but at the same time don't let anybody tell you that you're bad like I was like miss whatever I don't care about her name like I was like he was <laughs> bothering me that I, this the daycare lady she <laughs> was like um I was like don't worry that she gets you in trouble because you know she has a lot on her plate she's taking care of like 
um, all these other little kids and like he was one of the older kids and I was like you're he, he's, he, she's taking care of all these other little kids and like sometimes it might stress her out but like don't don't think that you're a bad kid like people do bad things sometimes but it doesn't always mean they're bad people and so it's like I try to like plant the seed in this kid's head that's like you're not a bad kid you just you know like maybe you don't always make the right choices or maybe you just need to like I don't know like try your best to yeah. like listen when like she tells you to do this or that or like maybe try your best to like work with people you know and it's hard you know because like whoever thought I should work at a daycare I don't know like I'm not good with kids children hate me <laughs> with good reason like I'm really um, they make me really uncomfortable but anyway um, like I yeah Side like it freaks me out but anyway um, phobias guys are phobias they're so small like <laughs> like some of them like fit in your hand they're they're so weird. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. This is off so I'm so I'm so sorry that point is babies freak me out. I'm I was I not mean, meant to be a mother. Agree to the I can't hold newborns. No, it's not that. I just I'm scared. They're so fragile. Oh my goodness. And they're the size of a football. <laughs> no, they're smaller than a football. Shut up. <laughs> You're lying. They could be. They they Creamies. could yes. My sister has a preemie. Aww. Babies are cute, though. I'm, I mean, I don't in know. pictures, bro. Like <laughs> When they Photoshop them. I think that's it's a blessing to be an aunt because it's like, I didn't birth you and I don't have to take care of you the whole time. I could just give you back <laughs> when you're dirty or when you're fussy. <laughs> like, go you're to your like, mom. Like, job over. Here you go. Yeah, I, used to, I used to be obsessed with kids. I was like, I'm going to have six kids. And then I heard one scream. And I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck was that? It was the worst experience of my life. I have um, seven, you know, six nieces and a nephew. So you can only imagine how it's like in the house when everybody gets so together. Oh, I would lose it. Oh, I, would I lose love big it. families. Um, okay, so, sorry. Anyways, guys, oh going God, back. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, sorry. I just got <laughs> babies freak me out. Okay, but anyway, um, I'm pretty sure I would have been grossed out by myself. Karen just busted a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, so it's like. You have to be careful with the way that you talk to kids. Like, even if you're, like, somebody like me, you're, like, get away from me. You still have to be careful with how you talk to them because it's, like, you're you're planting these seeds in their head. Yeah. And, you know, it's, like, from a young the, age too. kids remember everything. And kids take in everything. Oh, and like, yeah. Like, it's like a kid, a kid hears a bad word once and he says it for straight for, like, a month. You know oh, what I mean? Goodness, it's like, yeah. That's my nephew. You have to be careful with how you act around them because it's like you're teaching them from a very young age that they're not as worthy as these other group of children. Mm-hmm. Or that they're more worthy than another group. Exactly. You know, like, it goes vice versa, you know? Yeah, like, and then they develop these complexes and... Just, I think it just reminded me, I feel like I've talked about this before, but a short film called Skin... And it has to do with race, and um, and it's just it's mainly how uh, it's basically how this dad who is I think he I think he legit is like part of the KKK, and like how he treats this um, this adult man of color, and in front of his kid, and then in the end, spoiler alert, um, he gets jumped by. Uh, this group of uh, colored people, they tattoo him, make his skin dark, you know? And what happens in the end, he gets killed by his son because the way he saw his dad treated, you know, somebody of color, that's how, you know, and he's a little kid. So 
just kind of like an example of like you know teaching comes around comes, comes around, around. again the hate you give the hate you get boom like the wow, movie the hate we you have give. come Guys. full circle yes we have always i'm telling you every time because it's it's the honest truth though. it's relevant you know, the hate you give yeah it it just i don't know like i always think about that kid and it always like breaks my heart because it's like i'm sure that kid continued to like have these problems because it's like it's it's little comments from a teacher or a daycare like lady i don't know what they call them um or like those little comments that you hear your mom make like yeah sometimes he's a little fussy or sometimes like is mal criado or like whatever like he throws tantrums or whatever and he's gonna be like well they already think i'm gonna do it so i'm gonna do it yeah Mm -hmm. and it's like somebody like somebody i know somebody's gonna be like that's not how it works but yes it is because that's what i used to do as a kid all the time <laughs> we were all the time before too we all know yeah like, come on exactly sure. it's like don't don't try to put me off as a liar because i'm practically a child still so don't <laughs> we're all just <laughs> don't we're even like don't come at, don't even come at me sideways because i'm right um <laughs> but yeah like it, it just we're never wrong it just br- <laughs> Actually, I'm wrong a lot, but um, not about this. <laughs> this is for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it just, it just, it heart, it's heartbreaking to see that these, like the school to prison pipeline and all this, it just starts from such an early age and it, it's like, come on, like you have to give these kids a chance. And yeah. It's like, it's like, um, have you guys seen the show, that 70 show? Mm. Yes. Yeah. The one where they're at like the burnt down elementary school and they're going through like their permanent records. I watched the show religiously, so like, oh, I, was like I, don't, I don't think I, I know it like the background. <laughs> so it talked about how like <laughs> it talked about how like um, Eric Foreman mm-hmm. blamed um, Hyde for for like wrecking another kid's project. Yeah, and from there he was like labeled a bad kid, and um, from there like. It was on his record, so it, it followed him from, like, first grade all the way through high school. And so, like, he was always labeled as this bad kid. And so he, he even mentions, he's like, you're probably the reason that I'm this way because nobody was ever tolerant. Or like, like, he was basically saying nobody was ever tolerant of the things that I would do because I was automatically the bad kid. I was automatically the troubled child. He was already labeled. He was already labeled from the beginning. And it's like people are so careless with how they talk about people and how they label people that they don't realize the damage that they're, the long-term damage that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Labeling, labeling children at such a young age, you know, um, it, it does damage. And then it also like not, not even just affecting their behavior, but again, their like mental health and their emotional health and how they're like, or that's how they develop like, you know, anxiety and depression and all these other things because they're like, Oh, well I'm already this. And like, I didn't even get a chance to like, prove myself not even prove themselves they didn't get to like be themselves mm-hmm. because they're like oh well you're the bad kid or you're this or you're that and then that's how again the school to prison pipeline and how that that affects everybody everybody in the school system who is labeled as like the troubled child and you know and it's just like oh they're not but you know nobody gives them a chance the whole like the hide thing like oh i'm this way because you said this and it affected him long term and you know i think that's just that's just the bigger picture you know like it affects everybody in, in the end yeah, um, I totally agree. I think, like, again, like, I've said it before, I'll say it again, but, like, you know, I have, like, six nieces and one nephew. Like, you know, like, it's it's hard. I think, well, 
I don't know, because I, I, out of all of all seven, I, the only one I've seen actually like born was my nephew, and it was like, oh my goodness, it was such a beautiful moment. Um, so I feel like that's why I'm always like, oh, with him, like, because he's the only boy. We're, we, you know, sometimes we're, I'm guilty, you know, to, to admit this, but like, yeah, like sometimes you take it sometimes a little bit easy on him because it's like he's the only boy. But, um, because my nieces are now older and they, they're able to understand, like, you know, I'll, I try to, like I said before, I try to make that example. Like over spring break, I took them. Oh God, it was so confusing. Sorry, it was like four kids and me alone. Um, <laughs> I took them. To, I took them to go see Captain Marvel. You know, because oh, movie is awesome. Yeah, and because I just want them to see, you know, like an example of what a strong female independent woman is. You know, and for them to see, it, and they loved it. Like to see them like react and like that was amazing, and mm-hmm. you know, wanted to take the picture next to like the little cutout of mm-hmm. her, like. You know, it made me happy because it's like, cool, like, I love that, you know, they they have that example of, like, what a strong woman is, you know, that mm-hmm. they could be that strong woman. Like, um, that, like, I, I feel like it could, this could go beyond race. It goes beyond gender, too, you know. Oh, like, yeah, we need to show our girls it's okay to be strong. I feel like we've said it before, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to say it again. Like, we need to show our girls it's okay to be strong. It's okay to be this. It's okay to be that. And we need to show boys, too, like, it's okay to show your emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to not to express yourself like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um i don't yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. we get the point we yeah get you get my point uh, yeah other issues that have come up with that come with the territory of white supremacy and institutionalized and systematic racism so um issues such as like housing um discrimination and things like that so it it comes with like like the creation of um, racialized neighborhoods. So it started with all races kind of living in an integrated um, housing, and then it led into um, opportunities that arose for for people to purchase houses uh, with like, um, you know, like a prospering economy. People were able to purchase houses, get loans from banks and stuff like that, and they were able to buy their little house and so this is where we begin to see some more like blatant like discrimination so like people working the same types of jobs making the same types of money um one would get really low interest rates on a loan uh, and they'd get approved for a loan and then their um african-american counterparts or just uh, any like person of color that would attempt to like get these loans wouldn't be approved and so like it's just these uh this separation of like this like just blatant discrimination towards people of color and just not allowing them to find a way to acquire wealth and mm-hmm. anything like that, you know, because like real estate, like that's a, that's a form of wealth, you know, if you own it, that's you. Um, that's like value added to your name. It's just really like tragic to to think about it too because it's like, like we mentioned in the first episode, like it, it's been almost impossible for for African-Americans to acquire wealth in this country because of the different obstacles that they have to face all the time. And it's, it's really tragic. Like going back to the, the, the numbers that we found was that that article stated that for every $10,000 in inheritance that a white person makes, a a black family gets 1,000 in inheritance. So it's like, it's those, yeah, it's those big gaps in numbers that really affect like communities and um so if they can't afford to get better housing or whatever they're forced into these what what turn into ghettos Mm -hmm. so these people are forced into like 
basically living in crowded uh, neighborhoods, like overpopulated areas, um, just areas high in crime because of the very same reason, like we are pushing people of color to to these extremes. We're pushing people of color out and we're forcing them into situations that are less than ideal. And it's just really sad. Like I'm, I'm looking for my my statistics. I had it here and then I lost it and it turned into a bunch of other stuff. But it's really sad to think that like that we we had an opportunity to grow as as a country. We had the opportunity to grow together and just grow in a way that like we would enforce integration, but because of these like like these advances that were made in like economic statuses and stuff, like some people, even though they they had the same like advances, some people were able to purchase houses and others weren't. And it just created an even bigger divide of like white versus the other. Yeah. Sorry, I'm always monologuing. You're fine. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about real quick about the media representation that yeah. affects perception? Oh, yeah. absolutely. So um, this quick little page I have says, when reporting on crimes, the media uses in uh, incriminating photos of victims of color, but positive photos of white suspects. Unequal representation affects how African-American youth are perceived by society at large. A quick example here is a photo of a uh, a white student compared with a African American male, and the white student was a theater shooting suspect was brilliant science students. But when you come to the African American male, it says his name was Michael Brown, and so it says Michael Brown struggled with officer before shooting. So you could kind of see the difference how they mm-hmm. represent. Um, you know, uh, people who are both involved in, like, either crimes or whatever, but, like, they word them differently. Like, mm-hmm. they give they give um, the white male more of a, a, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say hierarchy. Um, a, like a higher status kind yeah, of. Yeah, a higher status. Like, oh, my God, like. Um, they put them on a pedestal. Yes. There you there, go. Thank there you, you go. so much. And then um, the person of color is just, like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> average dude, like, and it makes me mad. And um, I feel like a lot of this, you know, we could we could honestly take this back. This not only affects, you know, like the news, this affects like, you know, media, like, you know, um, movie media, TV media, like that affects um, that affects this as well, too, because it's how people of color are portrayed in movies, um, yeah. you know, in television. And I know, like, I remember um, how we talked about or earlier about the um the uh, white male on horses are the savior yeah the white and savior that reminded when you brought that up i want and i uh, remind me of uh this movie back i think was it 1915s early 1900s uh birth of a nation mm-hmm. where um it's these people who are being terrorized by people of color and they're here their saviors are the kkk you mm-hmm. know they come in and mm-hmm. on horses and stuff and like you know get rid of the people of color like it's such a it's 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 such a weird (laughs) that isn't the birth of a nation isn't that also like where um like blackface and issues like that began yes i was about to get to that right now yeah they did blackface on that like you know it's so crazy because i don't know it's it's just insane like first of all that whole that whole film is like very controversial when you look at it um but also like 
even back in that time, like it was very rare to have a person of color on screen. You mm -hmm. know, I believe what is his name? I he was the first African American to win an Oscar, and this was in nineteen. I want to say either twenties or forties around then or there. I don't know how old is Oprah. <laughs> no, I mean legit because she, uh, I I believe she did an interview. She talked about like hearing that on the radio to win an Oscar. Yeah, uh, Hattie McDaniel. Hattie McDaniel. She was the first African American to win an Academy Award in 1938. What about male? This is the male. I'm trying to remember. It was for like a film I think called Patch of Blue or something like that. Poitier. I'll look it up for you, don't okay, worry. Okay, thank you. Um, but I believe he was the first, and I think it was like supporting male or something like that. And um, I mean, the point being is, it's just insane because um, back in the day, they didn't allow people of color to, you know, be on film to represent themselves. Like mm -hmm. you know, like yeah, it, it's like no, we don't want African Americans. We're just gonna you know paint your face, but like yeah, that doesn't make sense, you know. And so seeing how that has gone. And it's evolved, and Hollywood still barely has opened the door oh, on, definitely. like, actually representing people of color. Mm -hmm. But they still have a lot of work to do because I still think there's still certain films, like, big budget films. Mm -hmm. And the way that, you know, people of color are being portrayed, it's just, like, I don't know. It still, it still needs work to be done. Mm -hmm. um, that's why films like Coco, you know, films like Crazy Rich Asians, like, you know, films like that that actually like i don't know they just give a voice or they give they give that platform that's really important and just the media like i was having this conversation with um a classmate yesterday and she was talking about the uh netflix show the santa clara diet mm -hmm. and she was oh. saying like it she noticed how um the i believe the father i i never seen the show so i could be saying it wrong i guess they live between two cops mm -hmm. and um he goes to smoke weed but the the one he goes to smoke weed with, weed with is the African American police officer, you know, like, and and she like she says she's like she was pointing it out she's like I don't see why he had to be the one who has weed, you know, why does he have that like, oh like, if for her it didn't make sense I don't know if that makes you know it, what her point it perpetuates a conversation yes of. of the image that Hollywood has created for black males yeah exactly and um. And so she was pointing that out, and, and I've never seen it, so I was like, huh, I, I kind of want to watch it, but then I'm like, I don't have time to watch, mm -hmm, right. like, TV, but, um, but yeah, so there's that, and then, um, there, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, you know, there's a documentary called, uh, Real, Real to Real, uh, Real, R-E-E-L, like, film mm -hmm. real, to real, like, R-E-A-L. I'm like from Roswell. And it's basically like uh, Latin American or Latinx actors who um, just talk about their experiences, like working on, you know, TV, movie, like on that. And um, those that were casted in like, you know, um, like gangster type of, you yeah. know, or cholo Always. type. And, Always, yeah. And um, they would say, there's, uh, yeah, the director would just be like, um, you know, be be more Mexican or be more this and he, to him he's like what does that mean yeah. like what are you trying to say you know and yeah. mm -hmm. that's why it's that's why representation is so important you know um if, are you are you Star Wars fanatics I am 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. have you seen Rogue One? Yeah. What was your take on that real quick? First of all, I cried my heart Same. out. Same. <laughs> will never recover. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I actually loved the Rogue One. Yeah. So um, do, are you familiar with Diego Luna? Yeah. Okay. So he was on, um, I'm, I'm just going to be spilling stuff out. Sorry. <laughs> he was on Ellen and they were talking about that and he's a huge Star Wars fan. He grew up on that, you know, and. And she was like, how do you feel? Like, oh, my God. He's like, it's so great to be in a movie where, um, you know, like, I I don't play. I think he said I don't play, like, a thug or something or that I don't die in the first 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, saying stuff like that. Where he's not, like, tokenized. Yeah, I was just going to yes. say, like, he's, he's not a token character. He's, he was chosen for his acting skills and not for his, what he can contribute by the race that he's in. Yes, mm-hmm. and, like... For him, like, he was like, oh, my God, like, he even says, like, I'm Mexican in Star Wars. Like, come on, like, it's y- awesome. you know, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. And that movie itself, like, I really enjoy that movie. So people who, like, are like, eh, they could fight me if they want. <laughs> but I, I really, <laughs> yes, I really enjoy that movie. And then I love the fact that he never, he didn't want to get rid of his accent. He wanted to keep his accent, yeah. you know. And there is this cute little story of a, I can't remember if it was a, uh, male or female, but they went to go see it with their father, mm-hmm. and their father was like blown away because you know he's I, I I don't know if he was Mexican or not. I'll just say he's Latinx, an ex, and um, and he was just like, oh my goodness, like he has an accent. He sounds just like me. Like you know all this stuff. You know um, that blew him away. And same with like Coco, like mm-hmm. that film. I mean, come on, it's Coco. <laughs> it's great. You know, I want to go see that with my parents the first time it came out, and like just seeing their reaction, like. My dad was like, especially my dad. Um, he was just like, "Oh my goodness, like that's insane!" You know, like seeing that being presented on screen and the way they portrayed, you know, Mexico. And he's mm-hmm. like, "That's he's like that's how I remember." You know, like obviously Coco is a bit more modern than compared to when my dad was a kid. But like certain stuff, he's like, "I remember that," or I remember like um, when they showed Cantiflas, or you know, like mm-hmm. um, El El Santo, or you know, like mm-hmm. all these characters. And he's like, "Oh my god, like I I totally remember." The way they totally, it was like a good spot on uh, portrayal, um, you know, and tying it back to the media news, like it's not fair that when something happens, um, like a, a shooting or anything, if the um, if the criminal was white, they, they like, you know, they use an excuse, like I feel like they use an excuse or something like mental illness. I like, was just know? thinking that. Like, um, oh, like, oh my goodness. Like, he was a troubled kid. Yes, he was a troubled kid. Like, they try to make... He was bullied. Yes, they try to create... Um, they victimize him. They victimize him and they try to create... Was it sympathy? Yeah. I always get yeah. the two confused, sympathy yeah. and empathy, but they always try to create sympathy for um, the viewers. And mm-hmm. it's like, why? Like, he he committed a crime. Like, he killed yeah. dozens. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. what? And then when you get somebody who's a person of color... The way they portray them is like, oh, like, you know, like, he grew up in a tough neighborhood. Like, obviously, it was going to affect him one way or another. And it's just like, no, like, it does, oh, my, like, it's just frustrating. I, I remember, um, I don't know how long ago it was. I have a feeling it was probably last year or the year before. Um, that girl that was murdered on BART. Do you guys remember In that? Oakland, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, that. So I remember, um, as you all know, I'm always talking about Twitter. Like, <laughs> I remember I found out through Twitter, and I remember um, that it was this big uh, controversy. Like, it, 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 everybody was like, oh, it wasn't a racial issue. But, like, everybody was like, no, yeah, it was a racial issue. And I, I 100% agree that it was a racial issue. And 
because of this like back and forth that they were having, I remember that people started digging up her past and like mm. starting up, uh, started pulling up pictures of her partying and whatever, like just demonizing this poor girl yeah. who had been brutally murdered. Got her life taken away. Her life taken away and everybody is like demonizing her. Be like, oh, well, like well, somebody did. who acts like this, like how could whatever, like, well, you know, but like I don't go out to parties expecting to get murdered because of it. You know what I mean? Like that makes no damn sense. Like yeah. you're like all a bunch of victim blamers because of this portrayal of like these like we 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 get this image in our head that like forced into our heads of like people are like white people are these white saviors and so if they do something wrong it, it, it was by it was a mistake it, it wasn't it, it wasn't um intentional like it, it was they have this going on they have that going on it, it's a bunch of cop-outs and it's bullshit you know like mm-hmm. i don't think we should be like demonizing victims like at all you know it just goes back to our conversation a few episodes ago of like rape culture and shit like these people are going through like one of the most traumatic events of their life and you're blaming them and how does that make sense like people are losing their life and you're blaming them like how does that make sense yeah you know it, it's it's crazy going back to the whole like victim blaming and everything like, like you know putting like these white criminals on like pedestals like oh like, he was a, a brilliant science kid and da 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 it's like if he was so brilliant why would he go you know like shoot up a school or something or, or you know if there's all these other things or if there's all these factors like you know things could have been prevented for that to happen mm-hmm. but you know it happened anyway and you're still trying to find like a cop out you know you're still trying to find excuses and going back to the whole oh sorry go no, okay no. oh okay um, last thought real quick you know the whole going back to like people of color if they are like if something happened if they are murdered or this and they're like oh well again like you know georgia said like bringing up their past like what does their past have to do with anything you know they were they were murdered or like they were this they were that it's just like why do you have to victim blame them like the two were unrelated like their past and their their murder were unrelated yeah um just like how you brought up rape culture this brings back again uh episode two how you know brock turner you know mm-hmm. how like oh he's such a great kid though yeah. like solid dude like great yeah. swimmer this and that like how dare they try to take that away from him? but it's like no like what he did committed was a it was, like it was, like it was just like it doesn't make sense like, yeah. it's horrible you know it was messed up and yeah and it, it just sucks and um i think that's why the the girl that you know he he raped and took advantage of like I think something that stuck with me was her letter where she says, there's certain parts I can't remember, but you know, it's okay. Let, let, let Brock fill that in. Let, let him fill those memories up for you. But it's like, no, he took advantage. Like she can't remember. And because of that, like, I feel like people like, you know, again, like demonize her. Like, you know, they're just like, well, it's your fault for going out. It's your fault for being there. You and, know? And that's exactly the thing. I know, I know how we're talking about like rape culture and right Um, I, I read a study once that uh, about um, victims of rape when, when uh, like under like um, like victims of rape up to often don't remember things, but it's because like psychologically, like uh, it's like a defense mechanism that mm-hmm. they, they, they forget. Mm-hmm. So a lot, like even if you're like, oh, I blame it on the alcohol, like like it, it's not always that you know it's often like the trauma of the situation doesn't allow them to remember and like i've heard that and, actually. and like all trauma it will slowly come back and like and like all trauma this girl's gonna have to be dealing with this shit like for the rest of her life and mm-hmm. and tying it into like what we're talking about like um like racializing like uh like uh, murders and things like that like like we've talked about a couple of episodes ago like people that grow up in the ghetto or the people that are um who live in like housing for marginalized groups that experience high crime rates that experience like high gang activity and all this other shit. Like 
they they experience PTSD much like like um, people returning from war. You know, like like you you we we're not taking care of the people in our country, and like it's really sad to think that like a kid like just trying to grow up and make it out of like their their situation is experience the same levels of PTSD as as somebody who lived actual war. Yeah. Because that's the thing, like their their life is a war. Like Yeah, exactly. You know, like that's the saddest reality that they live. It's their their life is a war, you know, and they're fighting every day. And yeah. it sucks because the media doesn't help anymore. Mm-hmm. At least like Fox News doesn't help, you know? Oh, like God. don't get me started but like if they don't help and um it, and like so these these crimes that happen, you know, like the comparison of how, you know, a white criminal is described with a person of color, like I just I keep thinking back, why would you want to create sympathy for somebody, especially like, you know, an example would be the the man or whatever his face is who did the Sandy Hook, the children, the the elementary shooting. Like, would you really want to create sympathy for somebody who killed kids, who killed like innocent, who took innocent lives? Yeah. Um, You know, like why, why, why is the media doing that? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Well, even going back to um, the, the issues with media is that I remember when there was another school shooting and students started having these walkouts and all this other shit. Like, um, they, the the media just came out of the woodworks. Like, oh, these are, these are uh, what is it, trauma actors? Crisis actors or whatever they're called? Oh, oh yeah. are you talking about the Florida shooting? I, be- I and believe they, so. Like, they, they said that that was staged or something? Something like that. They yeah. were saying, like, these are crisis actors. Yeah. Like, these people don't actually go to this high school. Like, they're whatever, whatever. And, it, like, to like, me, it's like... They got, like, paid or something. Yeah, they got, like, paid or whatever. But it's, like, that's a bunch of bullshit. Like, like America will do whatever it takes to keep things the same. Like, they will... I mean, they were demonizing and fighting kids. Like, these are kids. Yeah. And, like, they were attacking people, like, left and right. And, like, that's why it's so important to have, like, these open conversations about the issues that we face because it's, like, open conversations normalizes it. And normalizing these conversations allows for change to happen. And, like, I think it's really important, like, how media works. It's, like, representation matters. And the way that media is presenting people of color like who are victims they're still demonizing them and then they're still um they're still glorifying these um they're glorifying criminals like i I remember there was this family like annihilator like he literally killed his entire family and what did they do they didn't post his mugshot they posted a picture with him with his family and to me that's like disgusting like if i was like related to the people that died like i would fight so hard to get that to show his mugshot because it's like you are showing a false image you're showing the murderer of my family with my family and i don't want for like i wouldn't appreciate that you know I, I would find like i find that so disgusting and like we just we just make excuses for people and it's normally white people and like be mad if this makes you mad like i don't care but like it's normally white people that we're making these excuses for and we just need a need to work towards like positive change like I, representation matters in all senses like mm. like um a lot of uh, women of color, like, they're portrayed as, like, the exotic or, like, mm-hmm. the sex over-sexualized, yeah. like, women. Like, I know, like, Sofia Vergara, like, I think she's a phenomenal actress, but, like, every time she's in a movie, what is she? She's in a tight dress and the dress that shows her cleavage. Like, 
she's a badass. Like, she is, like, a kick-ass yeah. actress. And, like, everybody just sees her for, like, her body. Her body. Yeah. And, like, um, multiple actresses, like, of that are, like, women of color. Like, Selma Hayek. Like, I don't know. I don't Gina know. Rodriguez. Gina from Rodriguez. Gina like, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, it's time to, like, start fighting for these changes in in the narrative you know like you have to change the narrative for for these things like my mom like she gets so proud every time there's a guillermo guillermo del, del toro film because she's from guadalajara yeah uh and so like she gets really excited she was like oh my god it's a guillermo del, guillermo del toro your mom movie. and i need to hang out like, honestly <laughs> I love i'll that. give you her number um <laughs> I'm going to tell you, 209, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. Um, Slide through. <laughs> she, she gets she gets really excited mm-hmm. anytime there's a film by him. She's like, did you watch it yet? Did you watch it yet? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm going, mom, I'm trying. She's um, like, what are you doing? Yeah, and like, it's it's important, you know, like he, like I know he's made a bunch of great films, but like, I, I, I really want to like show how important it is to, to, to represent people of color in all areas, like, I remember, like, watching, like, when I saw Coco, like, I cried my oh, eyes yeah. out. Like, same, like same. I just felt this, like, overwhelming sense of pride because, you know, I saw Cantinflas. I saw Pedro mm-hmm. Infante, and I was like, oh, my God, I that's, grew up. Like, I, I, yeah. I used to watch Cantinflas growing up, you know? Like, we used to watch, like, uh, like La India Maria. We used to watch, like, um, like, like all these <laughs> other, like, like, characters, like, growing up. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, they're in this movie. And, like, I got so excited. And, like, I watched Coco religiously, like, I remember one of the first times that my boyfriend visited, I was like, first thing we're going to do is you're going to watch Coco because he'd never seen it. And I was like, we're going to watch Coco. And so like, <laughs> and like I, I forced everybody to watch it because it's, it's so important. You, like me and my 21 years of like age, like I, I still got overly excited. My mom got overly excited. She's 45. You know, we, we, we were giddy like little kids and like imagine a child. Yeah. Imagine a child like, oh my God, I look like Miguel. Mm. Like, exactly. oh my God, like. Like my 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 parents look like their family, you know. Like my grandma talks like that. Like, like my last name Rivera or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like it, it's so important to see representation, especially at like yeah. a young age, you know. Like growing up, like looking back at my like childhood, I like was watching you know like shows and stuff. And it's like oh like look at all like the white characters on TV. Yeah. And then if there was you know like you know char- like the um, actors of like color, it's just like oh they're like you know they're they're tokenized. They're, yeah. They're like you know they're dead in the first like ten seconds yeah. or whatever. Or, you know, they're they're stereotyped and, like, you know, like, oh, like, she's, like, street smart, she's ghetto, and da-da-da, or he, or they, or whoever they are. It's just kind of like, wow, you know, to be a kid and growing up seeing, like, movies like Coco or seeing, you know, films that are, like, that reflect them. It's like, that's great. You know, it's awesome to be like, oh, like, hey, again, like, that's me. Like, that sounds like me. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's so cool. And it is. It's super cool. So, hopefully, you know, we, we do, like, have more like progress in the future, like, with media. And it's like, you know, yeah, all right, there's more. I hope so. Yeah, people of color. And then also... um when there is like representation it's not accurate because a lot of um was like lighter i guess lighter skinned like people mm-hmm. of color and that's that's also a huge problem mm-hmm. that, like, yeah. hollywood likes to do what, what is it uh, co- uh colorism is that what it's called is it colorism i think so colorism like we we still like even um i i was talking i was reading over a conversation with um with my family because one of my aunts in mexico like i guess she had another kid like I don't know. I don't talk to them. I, I, I'm not. I'm not that involved. Um, but my mom was like showing me their messages because uh, she wanted to show me pictures of like the the new kid, the baby. God, <laughs> the infant. Sorry, the the new one. Um, 
So uh, I was reading the messages and I was like, mom, this is gross. Why are you related to these people? Like they were all making jokes about how my aunt's kids are really dark. <laughs> and they were making jokes and she's like, oh, like, pobrecita, like, she's hella dark. And I'm like, well, how can she not be like, look at her dad. And like, just shit like that. Oh, and goodness. I was like, and I like, I was reading it and I showed my mom and I was like, like, why didn't you say anything? She was like, well, I wasn't, I wasn't talking to them then. And I was like, okay, well, you still correct them. And I was yeah. like, like, that shit's fucked up because like, oh, I always said it before. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, what did I do? And uh, yeah, so I was like, yeah. And I was like, why didn't you say anything? And I was like, you guys are like creating this, the, you guys are going to end up creating this mentality that she's not as pretty as her cousins because she's darker. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had the same problem when I was like, when I was younger, because I remember, um, I wasn't that old. Like I was like, I was, I want to say it was maybe 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of my cousins was born and she looked exactly like me, but only she was like really, really pale. And I think she was born with like green eyes or something. And everybody was like, Oh my God, she looks just like you. But they were, they were saying she was prettier. Mm. They were saying like, I just sound like a bitter bitch, but whatever. <laughs> But, like, they were saying that she was, like, so much prettier because, like, look at she's so pale. Like, look at she, like, she has she's green so eyes. Like, all this other shit. And, like, my my mom made, a, like, a comment. Like, and I know, like, I, I, I corrected her, but, like, I wasn't, like, a bitch about it because I know this is stuff that all that's internalized. You know, this is how she was taught. And, like, I t- she was, like, she's, like, you used to be really fair. Like, uh, like she you, she's, like, you were so, what did she say? She was, like. She's like, you've always had really, like, fair skin and just wasn't until we moved here that you got, like, you know, a little tanner. But, like, you're, you're normal. You're fair. Like, she was trying to reassure me that, that I was, like, fair skinned mm-hmm. and that that it's important that I had fair skin. And she was like, and I was like, yeah, I don't know why I came out, like, paler because my brother is, like, a lot darker than I am. She's like, yeah, but he's not, he's not ugly. And I was like, who said that? Like, <laughs> Nobody I was said like, that. And I was like, who said that? She was like, well, he's not, he's not ugly. Like, he has he has a nice complexion. Like, he's not too dark. And I was like, what? Like, what does and that like, mean? And I, I remember, like, I was just looking at her and she was like, what? And I was like, what do you mean, what? Like, <laughs> like do I have to have this entire conversation with you again? And I did. I, I did. Like, I, I was like, okay, sis, let's do this. <laughs> and just, so, like, I, I was telling, like, it, it's just... It's it's really like prominent between like I I think it's really prominent with women, in, uh uh in communities of marginalized people because I know like it exists in like the black community too how like um, uh, something you see oh, so, oh my god me and Twitter something I see a lot on Twitter <laughs> that people talk about colorism in the sense that like like um black men bash darker skinned women. women, so like um they will they 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 um glorify like light-skinned women and um they just like spend like all this time like tearing down black women uh like with darker skin and so it it just it's prominent in other communities and i know it's prominent in the asian community too because um this one lecture we had one time she was saying that like the internalized racism the interpersonal race racism that was caused by internalized racism in her family was that her aunt wouldn't let her go play outside um for a long time because she's like oh you're gonna get too dark like like let's just stay inside like so you don't get too dark so it's just like things like that and it's like I, i i tie it back to the media like i can't imagine how different i would have grown up how different my mentalities would have been and if i had movies like coco if i had movies Mm -hmm. like 
What, what's that? There's this Disney movie with like a Latina princess and like. Oh, are you talking about Elena? I think so. Babel. It's it's not a movie. It's a show. Sorry, a <laughs> show. Nieces, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> we watch Disney all the time. <laughs> yeah, and so so characters like that. Like I can't imagine how different all of our lives would have been. Like if we were exposed to stuff like that. If we were exposed to like, look at these like kids. Like these kids are amazing. These kids are beautiful. These kids represent a culture that's yours. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like my 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 experience and my mentalities would have been a lot different. And mm-hmm. I feel like I wouldn't have had to unlearn as much if I had that representation. Mm, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and the, I, that's what I was actually going to just bring that up, like how different our mentality would be if we had, oh, yeah, you know, film mm-hmm. like Coco or shows like, um, you know, Elena or I don't know, just stuff like that growing up. Um, Cause I feel like if anything, maybe like the closest thing we had was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, mm-hmm. where like, then. you know, a family of color, you know, they live this really privileged life, you know, or, but the, 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 like, what I like about that, they, they do acknowledge that, like, you know, it wasn't given to us, like, you know, you mm-hmm. know, like Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv, like mm-hmm. they, they had a rough, you know, trying to get here, yeah. you know, we're here, like, you know. Um, <clears throat> sorry, it just sounded like a chronic smoker. <laughs> um, I, it, it ta- now that you brought up um, Fresh Principal here, it, it covered a lot of really real experiences that that people of color face. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I, I first saw um, the episode where um, Will's dad like uh, leaves oh. him again. Yeah, and <laughs> gets me all the time. no, I, I I it gets me all the time too, just because it's like we all have like we had that shared. I felt like I had that shared experience, and then I felt I felt like it was like a way to heal because it's like you're not alone in the situation like this is a very real this is a a very real reality for a lot of people a lot of people of color a lot of like black young men they don't have um that don't have that father figure and it's it's the reality for a lot of a lot of young folks that don't have a father figure because they left yeah and i was gonna bring up like not only the episode, but there's also the episode where um, Will and Carlton get pulled over. You know, mm-hmm. a cop pulls them over because they're driving a nice car mm-hmm. and they're in a nice neighborhood. But you know, because of the color of the skin, they get pulled over. There's the um, there's the episode where um, Will. Um, I'm like remembering all the all the episodes, but it's coming back to you. Yeah, it's coming back to me. Where uh, Will like is struggling in school, and so a. Uh, a classmate, which I think was pretty cool. Uh, um, not cool, but, like, smart. The classmate um, offers him, like, this, like, hype-up kind of drug. But the classmate was white. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, they offered... I remember that. They offered yeah. him speed. Yes, yeah, speed. There you go. I was oh like, I gosh. don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, they handled, like, certain stuff. But what, what was really cool about that show was how they flipped it. Like, they reversed it, you know, mm-hmm. because, like, it broke that that stereotype like oh people of color you know they, they do drugs they handle drugs no mm-hmm. like this was a privileged white male and it shows a reality yes it shows how factual that situation was mm-hmm. and is yeah and um i think you know i really wish they would bring more shows like that because i remember you know disney like growing up that's a raven tackled mm-hmm. a lot like they I tackled was just a thinking ra- that yeah, they tackled a racism um, episode where she they didn't want to give her the job because she was you know she was she yeah the lady skin. like straight up said like, I don't hire black people 
Yeah, like, that was that was legit. Her. You know, like stuff like that. Yeah. Or um, they also covered I think like body shaming too. She yes. was working. She had like, got did. hired for like a fashion a magazine fashion, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, like they're like, oh, you, you can be in like the runway, and like they they she walked the runway, but then like when she saw the pictures, her body was like skinnier and yes. she was taller. And I think they lightened her skin. I'm not sure if they did that or I not. Don't remember but that. basically, they like changed her whole body, and she's mm-hmm. like, no, like that's not me. Like yes. that's not okay. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And um, I I had this talk with uh, another another friend and we were talking about the proud family oh, you know yeah. and that was a great show i like i thought i was like oh i love the proud family like such yeah. a good show but then she pointed out she's like yeah but don't you notice like how penny is a bit lighter like she's dark but she's a little light and then there's the the three sisters who always steal their money they're blue mm-hmm. you know yeah. and i was like oh my god you're so right and she's like yeah she's like why are they blue well because they're trying to like um is insinuate like they're trying to like insinuate. yeah that they're 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 African American, but they're darker. They're darker than what Penny and her family are, you know, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. And that's was like, oh, that's so crazy. Like I never thought of it until like that was pointed to me. Same with like the film Princess and the Frog. Like I, I, I like that movie. I was like, that's such a cute movie. But then um, another friend pointed out, she's like, yeah, but she's a frog throughout the whole time. Like you know, like you only see her human form in the beginning and in the end. Throughout, the, like she's a frog the whole time. So like, what's that? What's that supposed to mean? Yeah, you know, and mm, yeah. And then thinking of Princess of the Frog, like, I, you know, I have nieces and a lot of them, you know, oh, Elsa, Fro- like, you know, uh, Ariel, like, they, they go towards, they favor more the the, 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 white princesses. the white princesses. And I remember I pointed out, oh, what about Tiana? Like, you know, um, what about her? And they're like, no, we don't really like her. You know? yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like. But if you think about it, I mean, aside from, because the character Elsa is really cool, but, um, but you know, all these other princesses like Ariel and stuff, like Tiana's like a badass. Like she saved up money to buy her restaurant. Like she was very career oriented. Like she was like, nah, I don't need a man. I, 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 you know, like I got myself, like that's, I was like, oh my goodness. Like how do it's, it's really hard to, um, to get, to get kids to jump on board with that because The thing is, too, um, Princess and the Frog, at least what I remember, it honestly wasn't as hyped, or it's not as hyped as the other I've never princesses. Seen it. Really? Like, mm. it's it's a good one. I like it, or I enjoyed it. Um, but it's insane because I feel like, you know, using my niece as an example, like, because that film wasn't as hyped as I feel it should have been, um, that's why, you know, like, kids aren't like they're like oh they see her and they're like oh okay but we we want the mermaid you know like we want the mermaid um you know because like oh the original disney princesses but it's like but they're all white like they're and they Mm -hmm. all come from like european kind of like wannabe countries and it's just it's complicated yeah (laughs) Yeah. i think another um talking about representation in like films i guess uh, i know growing up like lilo and stitch that's oh, a great movie oh so goodness. like you know nani and lilo you know they're they're sisters you know they don't have a family like their family their parents uh they passed away yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. know how i forgot it was, it was a car accident, a car accident yeah <laughs> i love that movie no I, yeah i know that movie like about <laughs> yeah. i love that movie and you know and i think that's a great representation of like okay you know she's she's just like they're only like a couple of years apart. I think she's only she's like nine's like nineteen or twenty. Yeah, yeah. She's young. She's really young, and you know they're struggling to like stay together, and you know, like the like whole Ohana yeah. like, like nobody gets left behind yeah. because you know basically there's this social worker who's mm-hmm. trying to take Lilo away because he sees Nani as like an unfit mm-hmm. parent, and he's like you know somebody needs to take care of Lilo, and it's just kind of like a like this is it's such a real situation. Like I like I liked how they like 
did it, <laughs> you know, because the whole thing was like, because I know in Frozen, like their sisters too, and like, oh, she's powerful, da, 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 but it's like, mm. no, like, what about Nani and Lilo? You know, they were very real, and like, they didn't need like superpowers or any of mm. that. You know, they had to deal with like a social worker and like trying to keep their, their family together, and that was a very, you know, seeing that, you're just kind of like, that's, this is what we need. Like, we need realistic representation, even though if it is a cartoon, like, you know, like you can still take like a realistic approach to that, you know? Yeah. And then like, I just want to add to like, I, what I really like about Lilo, Lilo and Stitch, um, the fact that I remember, um, like from a young age, you guys, like I've been a movie fanatic, you know? So I love watching like the behind the scenes stuff. I love mm-hmm. watching the making like that, that I'm like, Oh my God, I get so excited. So I remember watching like interviews with the animators and they said like, you know, we really wanted to be realistic, which is why we made them like more curvy because that's how the women, you know, in Hawaii look, you know, and they look like more like this and more like they that. They have noses. Yes. They have noses, you know? And aside from that, I really <laughs> like that. Lilo and Stitch tackled a lot of stuff like, you know, uh, a family that doesn't have parents, you know, yeah. but they're still trying to get through. Uh, what I really love is uh, David, oh, who yeah. has a huge interest in Nani, but he's not a jerk about it. You yeah. know? He's not like, you're going to be, you know? He's like, not, he's also not, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Like, he's also not portrayed as like the, the, the knight in shining armor. Yeah. Like, he's just like, he's just there if they need him. Like, yeah. I think that's so important to have too, is to show, um, you know, I feel like that could that's a good figure for young boys to see. It's like you don't have like, you know, just be there for for you know, for like people, for people, you know. Um, that's why I really like David because it's like, oh my god, like he tries to throw his shot but when it's not taken, he's still like, Okay, like, you know he like he I mean, I'm a big fan of Leo. Yeah. <laughs> like he understands the situation. Like like um like when Lilo at the end, I'm gonna cry. I love that movie. <laughs> like when when Stitch at the end, he's like, "It's a, my family. Like it's a little broken, but like the, it's still mine." Oh, you know, no. like, I'm like I, I, I saw that I saw this thing on I don't know where I saw it. So I'm saying that like his name was Stitch because he stitched the family back together. Oh, that's like that. so cute. I cried when I heard that. Like, oh snap! I cried when I heard that because it's like that is some wholesome shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But again, it represents different types of family and mm-hmm. families, and and that's important, you know, because again, like you see, you see young kids growing up in situations where they're not being represented properly, and mm-hmm. their family dynamics aren't being represented, and like, like again, going back to Coco, like such a phenomenal film, and like I, I, it holds such an important and special place in my heart, um, because you know, like the the music on it. it it has like Marco Antonio Solis and like Bronco mm. and like I grew up listening to yeah, that. You know? like, yeah. I I told my mom I was like, Mom, did you know that? And she was like, Yeah. And like <laughs> we'll, we'll like get like fangirl over and like oh I just God. get really excited. So and like, what other movie? Um, but the Book of Life. So oh. they so they both kind of portray like these these big aspects of our culture. Where it's like like the Day of the Dead and like the the different like like I really appreciated how Coco like explained why we have the altares why why uh, why everything is the way yeah. that it is like why they have the ofrendas and all that, that shit and like it's so important you know like it 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 makes you want to reconnect to your roots yeah mm-hmm. that's why I say like Coco was for me when I saw it, I was like oh my gosh I want to know more about my family exactly. because it's just I don't know and I think because um Mama Coco remind me a lot of um uh, my my grandma <laughs> my dad's mom like just mm. like so like I don't just something about her but I feel like she just reminds everybody a lot of their grandma mm-hmm. you know like it's just and it's so heartbreaking and so, oh, sorry like I love that movie I'm gonna go home and watch it <laughs> I, I know I, I was like you don't want to watch that or do I watch Lilo and Stitch if you haven't seen it mm-hmm. I'll watch it guys you know? <laughs> uh but yeah and then you know just going back to the whole like 
representation like it really does matter and and on screen and also behind the screen like you were saying how your mom gets really excited about a Guillermo del Toro film like I do too because I, I um it's just like it's an insane kind of pride that you get when mm -hmm. you're like oh my goodness like even though like I'm pretty like white passing I still like I still have you know a huge pride because you know just because I'm white passing is like I'm still full like they're still your people yeah like and it makes me so proud and you know, it's him, he, him, and then there's Alejandro Nari too, and then there's Alfonso Cuaron. Like these three Mexicans, for, the Mexican men who are film directors, they're like the top names right now for film directors. Mm -hmm. Like, and they're the most that won Academy Awards. Like, yeah. you know, like back, like Alejandro Nari too, he won back to back. Like, he has five Oscars on his shelf. Could you imagine? Awesome. You know, and not it's and it's not like oh like. Like, he recently won his, like, oh, fifth Oscar, like, ten years later. No, it was, like, a Back year after yeah. he won his last one, yeah. you know? And then you have Alfonso Cuaron, who won, um, who he re recently won for uh, Roma. And I'll, I'll get to that right now, too, because yeah. I love that film. But, you know, like, he, he was the first Mexican director to win. Ooh. And then, fun fact, Alejandro was the first to be nominated. <laughs> but he first. didn't win. Mm. Um but then uh, Alfonso won, was the first one, and then the year after Alejandro won, and won, and then the year after he won again for back-to-back -back films. And then after that, I think there was, there was a little gap, but then uh, Guillermo came and won recently, and then this year Alfonso won again. Like, you know, like, how insane that is? And that's, yeah. like... That's awesome, honestly. It's, that's it's like, a five-year, from, like, five years ago that this, like, little pattern is, like, going on, and... So that's why it's, it's so, monumental. Yes, it's insane. And that's why, like, I I take so much pride in that because not only is that, like, an industry I would love to work for, but just, like, it's just a reminder that anything is possible, you know? Like, um, like oh, my God, it's just, it's, it's just insane. And that's why, you know, seeing um, uh, filmmakers who aren't the typical white male, you know, being nominated for stuff, like uh, Greta Gerwig, I mean, yeah, she's she's a white female, but you know, she was like the first woman director in years to be nominated. And then you have uh, the first uh, woman cinematographer to be nominated. I can't remember her name. I feel so bad, but uh, she was the first woman to be nominated. You know, and I think just in general, I think mm. she's like just the first. So that stuff. And then um, so going to the film Roma, like I loved it so much because I saw that with my parents and my dad. Like was blown away because the year that that film is portraying was when my dad was a kid. So, like, to see the way that Alfonso Cuaron created Mexico, like, in mm -hmm. that time, my dad was like, that's, he's like, that's, that's, that's my Mexico. Like, yeah. he was just like, that's how I remember it. Like, yeah. yeah, like, legit, like, he was like, that theater, that's not there anymore, but he recreated, like, he was just <laughs> saying, sharing all these little things. Just and out. Yeah, he was, and I love that because it's like, oh my goodness, like, I'm getting certain, like, history, like, history, <laughs> like, you know, like, memories of my parents' past through this film. Like, yeah. it, and it's a cool, it's just a cool, like, little, um, what's the line? Like, a cool little, I guess a little line, a little thread, mm -hmm. you know, to see how that's, like, like yeah. um, it connects. Yes, thank you. I'm, yeah. like, I'm all over the place. <laughs> it's okay, it's late. <laughs> I know. Like, um, like you were mentioning, and it's something that I heard years ago, and it's, it is so true in every, every sense of the, the, the phrase like people of color like black indigenous people of color like they don't have the privilege to just represent themselves 
So any achievement or any like fuck up, you're representing all of your people mm-hmm. because either you you made it, you beat the odds, or you're part of the statistics. Yeah, Oof. and you are a rep and. And that's the thing that always like feel like I think that's something that I carry with me a lot and that, that always stresses me out when I when I'm like struggling in school or like I'm like studying or like trying to get through finals. Like I always remember that because it's like I'm not just carrying like my own weight of my failures or successes on my back. It, I have I have a lot of people watching me right now. Like I have a shitload of like cousins. I have a sh- my entire family. Like I, ha- I have everybody. Pe- everybody who like. Who has ever helped me get to where I'm at now? Everybody's watching, mm. and everybody's to the point where it's like, "Am I gonna be another statistic, or am I gonna beat the odds?" Mm. Yeah, and and it's such a huge pressure. Like, I like I know it's a bit of a Debbie Downer after like <laughs> these great talks we had about Marco Antonio Solis and Coco yeah, and like yeah, all these great yeah. people, but it's like, reality. like it's it's a reality. Like you have to remember that like we don't have the privilege of just being ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Of just representing ourselves, like we will always be seen as uh, as a representative of our people, mm-hmm. and it's exhausting. Like I can't tell you how exhausted that is. Like it really is exhausting. Like, like it's like little. It's and it, you catch it in little moments too. It's like, um, like the show I used to watch. I don't remember what it was, but it, it was an example of like they this white family wanted to know if they were racist, so they asked the black family friend are like, do you think this is racist? And he's like, well, why are you asking me? And they're like, oh, well, I don't know. You know, like they didn't know what to say. They were kind of stumped. And the guy's like, is it because I'm black? Is it because do I speak for all black people? Like all shit, like shit like that, you know, like, and it kind of brought this reality that it's like, it's true. You know, like we're, we're we're always being looked at. It's like, is that okay that I said that? Is it okay? Like, Like, I was like, well, personally, like, I'd like to fight you, but I can't speak for everybody of my, like, all of, like, all Hispanics, you know, I can't speak for all Mexicans. And I remember um, somebody telling me, like, like, what were we talking about? We were talking about, like, pupusas or something. They're like, or, like, I love Mexican food. I was like, these aren't Mexican. Salvadorian. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're Salvi, and they're they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. And I was like, well, it does, you know, like, because why the hell, like, are you going to say that in front of me? You know, like, we're not even this, like, we're not even in the same country. Like, I don't know why why you're talking shit, you know what I mean? It's like, you would get offended if somebody, like, didn't uh, know that you were, like, three-quarter, like, three quarters Irish you know what I mean like, like, Stay what, like why would you like why would you just dismiss entire countries you know like that's bullshit but it's just like little things like that that I remember it's frustrating but it's pretty crazy too because just like you know even like looking back at my own experiences you know being in college and like you know me and my sister are both in college and everybody's like you, like we're so proud of you girls you guys are out here you guys are, you know you guys are still here and I'm over here like oh my god like you know I'm I'm like a year away from graduating like holy shit I'm still here it's really crazy to me and again like you know we we have to carry the weight of our people mm-hmm. and that's that's a huge not a burden but like it's a responsibility that mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to have you know we should we should be able to like you know be ourselves and be like okay if I fuck up like that's me like that's not my whole it doesn't represent like everybody uh, of like where I come from you know yeah B- but it does because you know in a society it's like oh like again you the whole like is this racist and it's like why like i don't i don't i'm not the token person for everybody yeah. that yeah. like of my people like what the like fuck like nobody <laughs> voted me spokesperson don't ask me you know what i mean like, yeah and so it was just it's just crazy when you think about that all right so i believe that's gonna be it for this episode right yeah yeah let's just mm-hmm. um should we do closing thoughts yeah definitely okay.
Oh, okay. So overall, uh, my closing thoughts would be just, you know, know that, again, I guess this kind of relates to like our last episode, but, you know, the things that you're doing, it doesn't reflect your, your whole, like your people, you know, it, it's not a reflection of like, you know, you're not a failure uh, or success, like for them, you know, this is for you. Again, like if you're in college, if you're in school, if you're still doing what you're doing and you're excelling, like that's, be proud of yourself. You know, that's, that's an achievement that, you know, you beat the odds or even like, again, like you're not going to be another statistic. And even then, if you are like that, again, like it doesn't reflect your people. It's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, you know, I'm not trying to be like, oh my gosh, it's just you, you know, but again, like you're, you're your best support. You're your best like fan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, uh, exactly just what he said right now, like totally agree. I think those of us who are going to class, whether uh, to school I mean whether we're first generation or just you know you know second I don't know if it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're the the first or not but like the fact that you're here like it does mean a lot you know oh, yeah. and and I feel like that sounds so mean <laughs> no like because I'm, I'm a first gen but it's like I it, it matters you know it does matter um you're here yes you are here and the fact that you are like fighting that fight makes you you know, don't, I can't even explain myself, but like, you know, like don't put so much pressure on yourself, but you're doing a great job. Like you're a warrior. Like you really are, like you really are fighting for your education and everything, you know, you're fighting to make that difference. And that's awesome. And, um, sorry, George, you like kind of got me a little bit, but I, well, I don't have the correct quote, but something that, um, I want to say since we're talking about, you know, or I was talking about the directors, but uh, I remember Alejandro Nair too when he won. He uh, said that um, hopefully that we can see our skin color. It's relevant, or it's not as relevant as the length of our hair, mm-hmm. which I think is something really deep. Um, you know, so I just want to kind of close with that because I love that quote so much. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, that kind of left me very impressed right now. That <laughs> left yeah, me sure. thinking. Um, as for me, like. I, I always, like, worry about, well, I worry about everything, and, like, I, I'm, I'm a really, like, I, I worry a lot normally, like, I just get really anxious and all this stuff, and, like, I can't even imagine, like, how it must feel for somebody listening and learning this stuff for the first time, mm-hmm. and so, like, again, like, it, it, always reach out, like, I, I, we try to make ourselves available, through the woke apocalypse, uh, Instagram and Twitter, like any questions, any concerns, and any follow ups you guys would like to have, like, like hit us up through there. Like we we always get the message. We we uh, we try to get back to you guys and or or like answer through the podcast. So, um, well that that's kind of a little bit of housekeeping, but just kind of like, you know, find a way to not just invite people to the party but ask them to dance you know like make sure that you 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 try to to make the best of every situation by by making sure that you're you're supporting other people you know like something that an old friend of mine used to always say tell me like people need other people and any any way that you can use your white privilege to help somebody or any way that you can do any any little thing to improve anybody's situation it's really important that you at least try and so you know like always we send you guys a lot of love and light and like once again cat we miss you yes. <laughs> we missed you today but um 
We'll definitely see you guys next time. Toodaloo. Bye. Bye.